Welcome to Show Me Your Mic, episode number 112. Uh, this is a podcast about podcasting that I, uh, I'm doing with a friend of mine, Kyle Roderick. Hello, Kyle. Welcome to the show. Hey. Hey, Chris. Hey. I, it's it's hey, um, the, is it your show or is it is it my show? Who's show? Who's show? Show me your who's, show. Who's showing me the mic now? I guess it should be yeah. Show us your mic is what the current show, yeah, th- yes. <laughs> we'll have to update or that it could be the royal the royal me. I guess show show we your your mic. Show yeah. Show we the the thus are your mics will showeth <laughs> to to us. <laughs> Please. Uh, but yeah, this is the podcast where we talk about podcasting and uh, make puns about podcasting as well. <laughs> we uh, we boy oh boy we we record live on Twitch twitch.tv slash good stuff underscore fm every Friday morning. Supposed to start at eight o'clock CST. What is it? Seven o'clock? Um, what you call it? It's seven seven a.m. my time, yeah. which typically is when I start coffee. So it's it's pretty early in the morning. This used to be the morning show time slot here on Good Stuff. And we would do it, well, we did it every day for a while. And then that's untenable. No no one can do that uh, if you don't make it your living. Yeah. Uh, good luck, podcasters, everyone, if you want to do a daily show. Um, then we moved to Fridays and Tuesdays. It was a wild schedule there for a little bit at 7 a.m., Anyway, consistently, 7 a.m. was our was our time slot. And so I, I feel acclimated to it, but um, I'm also not very acclimated to the idea of live streaming regularly and doing this on, on Twitch. And uh, I think some podcast folks are trying to change that for, for podcasting, at least some audio makers, some audio app makers are trying to make live streaming sort of an easy am i am i getting <laughs> am i able to transition this correctly i'm trying to get into it <laughs> That's they're a good trying segue. to anyway audio hijack <laughs> yeah. is what i'm getting at uh you put out a 20 minute question mark long video uh on youtube about how to use audio hijack's new broadcasting tools and as much as it was a tutorial in like this is how you set up a broadcasting thing it was also sort of a tutorial on this is how you set up audio hijack which in it in its own right is kind of in need of a tutorial anyway yeah it's one of those Um, like it's a mac app that's like on the surface is really easy to use or is built in a way written designed in a way to be really easy to use because it is you just drag mm -hmm. things around and it's got a nice little gui but um, but there is a lot of like confusion as to what happens when I do what, and and that's I think working with some clients that I have um, on the podcasting side of things, it is like uh, an app that you either just get and it's like your brain kind of follows, or you it's really confusing and you don't mm-hmm. know how to make things better. I think is the main issue, and so that's where I was like the so what they released in version three point five is the ability to output your your audio in addition to like recording a copy of it obviously in your computer sending it to like your headphones or your speakers or wherever you want to send the audio locally you can now send it out to mm-hmm. like a, a live stream audio streaming service such as one provided by Shoutcheap or there's a hundred different Icecasts and Shoutcast servers that you can use and you can build your own and and so all in one app now that you can sort of run your own little audio podcast live stream, which is a thing that we used to do back before Twitch came along and we would stream out to goodstuff.fm slash live and just do audio with a chat room and and lots of podcasts still do that. And so it's kind of a bit of like hearkening back to the old days for us in a sense, which is like whatever, a year and a half ago. (laughs) 
It's it's how yeah, well, and it's <laughs> true. First of all, true, but second, like that is kind of what we I don't want to say grew up on. It, it's not like this has been uh, <laughs> the way that podcasting live stream has been five done years for, old. forever and ever. That's right. Uh, back back when I was a, a wee wee lad, little podcaster. Um, yeah, it was it was just how we li- would listen to shows on like five by five or um, would I don't did did Twit do it that way or video, were they video right shows away. or yeah but they had okay. they had audio only okay. options but yeah they were hardcore into the video side mm. of things right away so um and, and part of that was the accessibility of it where um you were able to load up that on your phone and like oh, i'm gonna plug in my headphones to it and listen to it in the car and and live stream it that way it was basically internet radio uh yeah. streaming and it was it was nice because then folks who just wanted to listen could listen. We didn't get statistics on that, which is kind of a, a weird part um, where we were just kind of putting it out there into the void. We talked about void casting uh, before. Yeah. And it's kind of like we just threw it out there and pressed the go button. And then people who would tune into the chat room, which was an IRC like crossover where you have to load up the stream and you have to load up the chat room and you have to know the commands for IRC. It was a, not convenient, really. It was a a a. a uh, it kept the 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 normies out, if you would. Like, it, <laughs> if you weren't willing to put in the time to learn or like do the research on your own to get into the chat room, it it kept regular folks out. Like, it was very abrasive, I would say. Yeah. Um, and in as much when as it comes Twitch, to, to live streaming, I know Twitch for folks are like, "What is going on here? Why?" But it's at least it's like there's a video, there's a comment field, sort of. Chat box this is thing. this is almost like too easy where you get in and you're like ah this is what the kids are doing i don't i don't get it it's fine i'll just leave it instead of being like oh this is something that i sh- could find useful good stuff's doing it maybe others will do it um and so i'll sign up for an account or i'll you know tune in live they also make it twitch makes it pretty easy to just pop it up and not participate in the chat room the same way that you would with the audio uh shoutcast and icecast that we we're talking about before um, so it's, for us, it, it, it's more of a cost thing and for podcasters starting out or folks who would use this new update in audio hijack, I don't, I don't know. It, it seems like everyone who has the money to set this up or would set this up would have done it the way that we used to do it four years ago when we started this and maybe would change it maybe would put their stuff like it, it'll streamline it a tiny tiny bit or it'll consolidate uh rogue Amoeba's, uh app portfolio a little bit but other than that it doesn't doesn't really benefit the podcasters at large yeah there was i mean they used to make an app called NiceCast, which is what i used i, I think you used that as well to actually mm-hmm. stream the audio out to to showcast etc and so that basically all they've done is integrated that into audio hijack that part of it because they discontinued it and so they had to do something i think for customers that were using NiceCast before but um yeah it, it, even in putting together the tutorials like oh this is really cool because two years ago me would have loved this idea <laughs> and now it's like i don't know how many people use it. and that's why i actually tweeted at rogue Amoeba asking like it would be awesome actually if you could do something where Audio Hijack would send the audio feed as well as uh, like a stationary or a looping video out to like Twitch so that even with what we're doing, like, I mean, we're, we're pretty handsome dudes, but like, there's no real need to have the video feed. <laughs> it's, it adds a personality. It adds, you know, people's ability to see us as we record this, but 
really the majority of people who listen to this show are listening in the podcast form and we're just kind of doing the, the mm-hmm. uh, and so to like for lighter weight computers or older computers, that kind of thing, it'd be nice to have audio hijack, be able to stream right to Twitch or right to YouTube live or right to Facebook live and not have to worry about sending video. And they're kind of coy about that, but I think it all signs would point to if they're going to keep sort of using this feature, they're going to have to ha- add something along those lines. It might even be like integrating video, like, building their own adding on OBS or whatever, some sort of integration like that. But we'll see, I get, I'm guessing they're testing yeah, the waters I, as to how many people actually will use this feature now. Um, mm-hmm. So the other neat thing, if you're an audio hijack nerd, like I dig the app a lot and I think it's really cool. And there's lots of stuff, ways it can be used. It's kind of one of those apps that if you're into audio and podcasting and stuff, it kind of opens your, or excites me anyways, about the idea of what could be done with it. I don't necessarily always have like a, a, it's a solution for a problem I don't have yet is usually how it is because it gets me excited about right, doing something right. with it, but I don't know what I'm going to do with it. But they added also the ability, which seems kind of simple, but like a, a switch basically where you can mute or turn off uh, or um, sorry, mix an input. So instead of always having, maybe you have um, an iPod playing uh, music that you're like routing through audio hijack, you can then switch to your microphone when you go live or, um, or start your show or whatever. Um, and it can sort of switch back and forth between these two and does an automatic fade for you. And that's the other sort of new feature, which I don't see a lot of use for because I, I hate having more knobs and buttons that I have to remember to turn off or turn on yeah, <laughs> when I'm doing a show. Yeah, yeah. But there's enough moving parts as it is. But yeah. So well, if if Rogue Amoeba got this far in the podcast and they're still listening and they're they're curious about ways that they could help podcasters, here here are a few features I would love to see. Okay. Uh, I'm on a Windows machine right now, but if they kind of bolstered that app even more and continued development on it and started adding things um, in there. I I would potentially go back to Mac for this live streaming stuff. Um MIDI controls. I need MIDI controls for each of these inputs. I want to map either on and off states or recording toggles or something to a MIDI input. I have a bunch of MIDI controllers here that I that are completely useless when I'm on Mac. It I either have to be running Ableton or nothing. Uh, and it's it's frustrating that I can't map like a fader that'll go from a MIDI value of 127 to zero to a audio hijack fader. It should be like, you know, learn, press the button, learn the MIDI thing like you would in a DAW and then have it, have it work that way. Yeah. I need that. I, I have, I have to have that. And two, live uh, audio input monitoring. I don't want to have to hit the record button to know yeah. if my inputs are working. Are you freaking kidding me? Like this, it, 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 it just seems wild that I have 50 different AIFF files now because I'm trying to test and see whether the mix minus is working correctly and it won't start doing it until I hit that record button. Yeah. So some sort of like, like in between anything where it's not recording, but it's passing audio through. I need that rogue amoeba. I need it. Yeah, that's it. That's a definite, that's a, just a, like a, for new folks using the app, that is a huge like stumbling block. And even for me, when I first started it's using it, it's so like, frustrating. What, like, so for folks who haven't used Rogue, uh, Audio Hijack before, basically you can set up, you know, your input device, you can put add EQs, you can add all sorts of things. You can say, I want this recorded here. And then I also want both these audio recorded, both these audio inputs recorded onto a different thing. And I want to broadcast this out to a live stream thing. You set that all up and then you're like, okay, wh- why isn't it going? <laughs> and then you, you realize you have to yeah. hit the record button, which feels like it should be, 
almost like a start or go and then also a record button would be secondary um a phase two or something of the of the you know switch or whatever toggle like you said and so right because right. yeah there's no need especially if you're using something like audition or logic or whatever to actually record what you're doing and you you just want to use audio hijack as a router basically an audio routing app um sometimes you don't even need it to record things and so yeah, it's just i think it's just the button like the button usage of record versus like you know, to try it out live, uh, activate some, something that is an action and not um, like, hey, turn on all the recording things that you all the little recording boxes on there, because I guess we could remove them if we didn't want to record an actual file or disable them or whatever. Right. right? That's true. Yeah. But it, it it's the it is the like Ron Papil set it and forget it method of like, I have to press the record button in order for this app to do anything for me for it to work at all and i just it seems like there is an easier way maybe there isn't with all the all the uh limitations on mac and stuff but it's cool that there is this app out there now i remember when they introduced it and i remember what an absolute game changer this was for setting up stuff for podcasting because now i can mix minus without hardware cables without like trying yeah. to put stuff into another it, it it completely made my uh, hardware my like 48 input uh sapphire device moot it it, it, <laughs> it was like why am i doing this now i can do this all with with software why would i do this with hardware anymore yeah made it made it so much easier to travel you know etc so I, I i am interested to see what more they do to this app, whether they do add stuff like Twitch streaming or YouTube streaming to it, at least as an endpoint, even if it output like a black screen, it would be fine. Uh, just as an endpoint is, would be cool enough for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll see. It's cool. If you haven't watched Chris's video um, on setting that up and you are interested still after hearing us ramble for a little bit about this, um, go, go check it out because it's a good kind of, uh, overview of how to set something up from start to finish and what it'll cost you. And I forgot that you have to pay per listener, which seems ridiculous in at a time where I can stream out to a hundred thousand people for free through Twitch. Like, yeah. Yeah. The Kyle's referring to like so show cheap or, or any ice cast or Shoutcast server that you would pay for. So you can pay for their ability to serve. Like, it's amazing to me that nobody has figured out a way to do the advertising route that Twitch YouTube has, but it was just with audio. It boggled my mind right. back in the day, like when we were doing it too, that like I could upload HD video to YouTube for free as much as I want. But if I want to stream audio files to the internet, I have to pay like, it's like five bucks a month for a maximum of I forget what, 20 listeners, let's say, or whatever it is. And if you want to have right. more people tune in live, then you're going to pay that much more when really <laughs> they're not with what they're paying to S3 or whoever they're using to send out the audio files through. Yeah, it's pennies, I'm sure. So they're just hanging yes. on. So yes, I was going to say really, with, really um, is. Rogue Amoeba to get there. They do have a podcasting software, but this is not a pod. They're not sponsoring this, this podcast by any means, but I'm just a big fan of Rogue Amoeba. So <laughs> um, they do have a podcast bundle where you can get Audio Hijack. Loopback is their app for like building virtual software instruments, kind of where you can, mm -hmm. it helps a lot for if you're doing any sort of streaming of uh, gaming and stuff like that, where you just want to like have this audio come out here and then go out here and that kind of stuff. Farago is their soundboard app. 
which I use. It's great. Um, Fission is their audio editing app. I don't use that one myself, but because uh, I think it's just a single I do. track. Yeah, right? I like that one. Is it? Um, it is single track, and you can't record into it, but it's a good audio editor. And if you are looking for a like visual, simple way of doing uh, chapterized MP3s, it will create those, and you'll be able to export with either different links and images and stuff like that for uh, chapterized MP3s. If you put those out for podcasts. Right. So that whole bundle they have for like, you can save 50 bucks, 175 us, which is maybe a lot, but I find once you, at least for me, once I went down that road, I ended up buying all of them at various times anyways. Mm -hmm. So, um, but enough about spending money on podcasting. How about Kyle segueing to how do you get money for podcast? Can you, do you have any idea how to get sponsors for a podcast these days? (laughs) You know, you would think after like, Six years of doing this, this whole thing that we would have, we would have that down pat, right? We would have figured out like, oh, you know, here's the cold, cold call equivalent of an email that we send out to 80 different uh, advertisers that we like um, or, you know, apps that we like. We could send one to Rogue Amoeba or, you know, whatever. Or we've worked with an an advertising company in the past um, and maybe they could just set something up for us. But, you know, it's, it's kind of tough. It's like, do you, how much time is worth investing in figuring that kind of stuff out? If the return on it is not great or the return, you think that the return for the advertiser that you're reaching out to is not going to be that great because we've seen that before. Right. Uh, an advertiser comes in, they spend $1,000 to do network-wide sponsorships, and the return they get is in the, like, sub-tenth percentile, uh, tenth of a percentage, tenth of a one of a percentage uh, for return on that. They get a couple clicks, and that's it. And you feel bad at that point on, like, I I shouldn't reach out to you again for sponsorship (laughs) because... I'm not able to return what what is better than like uh, Google AdWords uh, conversion yeah. rate or um, things like that. And and you hear, I mean, the other part of that is that you hear advertisements on pretty much every big podcast out there these days. And that is because they treat it, I guess, like radio. They've got uh, statistics that they're sending out to folks and they put in long-term contracts for um, return on whatever their investment is. So you'll hear Blue Apron for eight months or 12 months or yeah. whatever for not just one show, but 27 shows on the network. And that, that tends to be the big money that's in podcasting. And that's when, when folks can make it their, their full-time thing. Um, for what we've been doing for the last four plus years, I think even like back to the SSKTN days and the like podcast that I would put out um, prior to, to joining Good Stuff, it was just sort of like a oh someone said they were interested so I'm just gonna you know I'll just put that in there thanks thank you for your generosity it felt like a handout right it felt like a donation right. rather than like a you're gonna get something back for this advertisement type thing for me I don't know if if that's where you wanted me to go with it but <laughs> it's it, it's a difficult subject I think to broach because like when you're doing this thing on your own or just out of a like desire to podcast and you're like, well, do I put ads? I hear ads on all my favorite shows. D- how do I do that? What, what's the point? Should I, should I invest the time to do it? 
a lot of questions, I think. Yeah. And to be fair, like we've never really gone, like I, I think on, <laughs> for one hand, good stuff, we almost need like the salesperson who can handle the rejections over and over. And also a little bit of the, not like that you're lying with the gray area of like, you, you kind of have to be overconfident in what you're selling your yeah. shows as. And you and I are nothing if not um, underconfident. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> what's the opposite of, like, modest? Or, like, what is the, if you take modesty to its full potential of, like, <laughs> yeah. not, uh, not like putting yourself out at all? Bashful, but not in, like, a cute uh, bunny way. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, that. like, uh, like you like to. We love to hear ourselves talk, but we don't like to talk about ourselves. That's yeah. a, that's a strange kind of weird way around it, I think. But um, we've also, I should say, uh, because we're about to get into it, but we, I should say, we've uh, taken part in. I think it was called syndicate ads before, and yeah. that was sort of like an ad type network where. We had a page with statistics and um, an open call for sponsorships to sort of do it in a passive way, a passive income type way where we just wait for someone to show up and for someone to be like, well, I'm looking for uh, tech dude bros and I'm looking for a thousand listeners. So I'm going to I'm going to click on good stuff, basically. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's uh, I got to lean, lean into it if, if that's us. That's definitely like our sweet spot is is the passive like we won't even put the the the, uh, the jar out on the road where people are walking. We'll put it around the corner so that people really have to look to see our where we're begging for some tips or whatever. But um, yeah, I think the what's what's interesting there's so there's an article that came out I found came across called how to get podcast sponsors from Bellow Collective, which I think is uh, some sort of medium group of people who write about things. You know how those things are. And anyways, it's actually a really good article. If you want to go this deep dive, it's written by Amanda McLaughlin. McLaughlin. And uh, it's what it says a 14 minute read and lots of back from back Loading in January. It up on the stream real quick. Yeah. So you can see that. But uh, it's, it goes through writing a pitch deck and how to pitch your shows to people, how, what kind of metrics you should be looking for, the CPA, et cetera. Um, and all the kind of numbers and and how to write a pitch email, setting your pricing, really good like step by step process that it would work um, if you have enough listeners that makes it worthwhile for you to do that, and how to follow up and all that kind of stuff. And so I think it's something to check into if you're at all curious about this. I can say from personal experience, not in my own, but with clients that I work with, like Shop Talk Show and other shows that I work with, that it's kind of in the you sort of need to be in the Upwards closer to 10,000 listeners uh, per episode uh, or maybe 90 to 100,000 per month kind of thing. Um, so mm-hmm. that's sort of where the the sweet spot seems to be, unless your podcast is in a nice niche of like, you know, hyper-targeted on mattresses <laughs> and there's this mattress sponsor that really wants to reach people who, you know, want to learn everything there is to learn about mattresses or whatever. Um, so, you know, hypothetically, a podcast is really focused about podcasting might attract sponsors who want to reach people who want to learn about, about podcasting gear and software. Mm-hmm. And stuff. So just throwing that out there in a very passive way. Um, 
but <laughs> the uh, which leads me to where uh, so our podcasts are now hosted with Transistor.fm, which is uh, a new startup that uh, my friend Justin Jackson and John Buda are building, and it's your your basic podcast hosting platform. So when we're sort of giving supporting them with some of our uh, our, well, all our shows, I guess, on good stuff. But also out of that, mm-hmm. um, Justin has, they've been sort of pitching on this idea, starting this idea of uh, sponsorship and the podcasting publisher side and collect uh, collecting, collecting, connecting, that's the word I'm looking for, connecting those folks together in a way that's kind of like what Syndicate was doing, but a little bit more like connected because they have obviously they have the podcast hosting side so they they could hook up apis with like your download numbers and whatever and uh audio files to connect with a sponsor directly and you can actually see like if you want to if you as a host like as good stuff eventually when they build this anyways they you could actually have your your stats right live and available for anybody to see so it's very transparent that way plus links to past sponsors so they can very quickly and easily hear uh, what your sponsorship spots sound like, let's say, and then also integrating mm-hmm. some sort of booking system, sort of like they compare it to like Calendly. If you've, I don't know if you've ever used that one, um, but mm-hmm. we just set your availability. Like we, we've got a spot open on show me your mic for this date at this time and then connect us with a sponsor basically. And so, and they can book the spot right away right. with a credit card, which that's working with the, like Chris Coyer and Dave with shop talk show and other stuff like that. It's fun to see <laughs> fun for like vicariously, I guess, to see, They'll just get an email saying so and so has booked a spot for this show, and they don't they don't have to do anything. They just record the audio, send it off for approval, you know, and it, and it just is fairly painless, um, and and works fairly well. And and so that's where I guess you can't. I temper that all with like don't get into podcasting, obviously with dollar signs in your eyes because you're going to be very disappointed unless mm-hmm. you sort of have the one hit wonder kind of thing and smash it out of the park on your first try. But um, but it can be done, and you can sort of. There's a business to be made. I guess there's a business if you're willing to be put in the effort of beyond just recording your audio into the microphone, which is where you and I sort of stop the, the business side in some ways. Um, yeah, to yeah. But also yeah, I it mean, keeps it light. So, yeah. Well, and I the other part of it is like um, some some bigger networks will go into uh, a particular show and sign folks on with dollar signs in their eyes because there is dollar signs behind it. And so when you've got the production money to put something in and you're trying to offset that by landing a big contract and saying like, Hey, we've put out cereal, we've put out cornflakes, we've put out like everything. Um, Now we've got this new show called lucky charms and it's going to blow your socks off. And as an advertiser, you might want to get on, on the ground floor of this so that, you know, let's do 10 episodes. Let's have you come in for 10 episodes and that'll be a flat rate or whatever it is. Right. And that, that tends to be what you hear a lot of times with larger podcasts or, or podcasts that have money behind them before they even start, before they, they need to hire someone to make it happen, or they need to do the investigative investigative journalism to get into that kind of stuff. Or it's someone who has a book or it's, you know, it, all sorts of different stuff where um, it, 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 as a listener, it's not great because if I'm trying to binge listen a podcast, like I was listening to uh crime town, I think a Gimlet show yep. and I think it's a Gimlet show and they seemed to land a contract with this 
health bar type company or this this holistic uh, medicine type company. And it's like, okay, cool. I, I listened to six episodes in the car while driving all in one go. And I am so sick of this commercial. And they didn't even re-record it. That's a that's a trouble. And it's like, oh, I yeah. in one ear, out the other. And at yeah. that point, I don't care. But again, if they're getting 10,000 downloads per episode or more, 50,000 downloads, it's critical mass for, for advertisers. And just by the likelihood of uh, monkeys typing on a keyboard, someone's going to click on your link and you'll get a return on that, hopefully, for the, for the sponsor. Um, and that's kind of, that's where you have to do that kind of stuff, I guess. The other part is a lot of independent creators have moved to Patreon or they've moved to direct sponsorship models, not with advertisers, but with people, regular folks who are like, I want to put my $2 per month behind this person. And that tends to work pretty well. The small money, the like dollars and cents part of that works very well for independent podcasting because that is also passive. It's we don't have to go out and <laughs> yeah. do the work to um, get get folks to sign up for stuff. Um, and and that, that fits my my uh, my vibe for, for good stuff, <laughs> at least for now. I mean, we don't even have a Patreon. Maybe that maybe this is all moot. But the, the idea is like we don't have to every week say like, well, through our CRM, we have to convert at least four customers this week to sponsoring these podcasts. Otherwise we're shutting down period. Yeah. And maybe it needs to be that way, but it's a hobby for us. We want to, we want to keep doing that. Well, that's what I remember Gimlet had to kind of cancel some shows or whatever because they weren't performing very well. And it felt like, like it's, it's that weird world where like you're so big that you have 15 employees or whatever they're up to, you know, at their company. Cause they started from like everybody, anybody who's interested in podcasting, obviously probably listened to the Gimlet show where he like, podcasted about starting a podcasting company so started from one one or two guys running this company to like you know however many employees and now they're so big that they can't like maintain like it feels like do you guys know how cheap it is to put together a show but i got like i know that there's more especially if it's a show like a crime town or whatever where there's researchers and there's writers and there's recording artists and there's you know voiceover people and etc like there is a lot more involved than just two dudes two folks you know, sitting in their basement talking into a microphone and, and to one listener or to high infinite leaf, if you're still there. Um, <laughs> and we're not lonely. We're, yeah, pretty we're, we're enjoying this. That's, that's it. But uh, the, yeah, it does feel like really you have to count. Cause then that person just, I think like the one show, I forget what the name of it was, but like they got canceled. So then they just went back to doing the podcast on their own. <laughs> It's like, and Patreon funded or whatever. And so it's like, yeah, Yeah. which actually leads us to a listener question. If we can segue, we're killing it on the segues this episode. Uh, From uh, at Clueless, Andrew sent in a question, which you can do if you want uh, using Twitter. You can send in a question using hashtag AskSMYM. And uh, he had asked opinions on CastBox's technical error in messing with our RS feeds, but also stripping links from our own show notes. And then the follow-up or sort of uh, maybe bigger question is, which are kind of like circling around even with sponsorship, is the whole question of the Netflix of podcasting. Should we, worry, we, should we be worried some company will come in and ruin podcasting due to tracking, targeting ads, et cetera? And mm-hmm. I think that's where um, the beauty of podcasting, at least as it sits right now, is that it is – as easy for you or I to do, we could do a serial type show. We could do something, anything we want, put it on the internet. And there's nobody who can stop us from doing that, for better or worse can stop us yeah. uh, from doing that technically or financially. Even it's not that expensive. Like I, we talked about, 
um, you know, if you've got a computer at all, you've got some recording software and you've got a decent microphone, you can buy some audio from somewhere on the internet for music and basically have a show pretty quickly, pretty easily spending 10 to $20 a month somewhere in there for podcast hosting. Um, and so it's not there, the, that barrier, not that $20 a month isn't a lot of money for some folks for a hobby or whatever, but it isn't that difficult to get it into it if you want to. But at the, well, it's like it, the, the big old, uh, internet revolution for produced music, like home produced music, um, happened for, for me, it was like MySpace, you know, showed up and then pure volume showed up. And then, you know, I could just fire up a, a DAW record some guitar and programmed drums and drop it in and send it to a friend. And that, I mean, it's the same thing for podcasting. It's always going to be this way where there is the major record label equivalent. There's a big money behind big shows. Uh, There will be medium money behind niche shows or comedy or whatever. Um, And then there's going to be the independent folks who just put a podcast out every however long, whenever they want to. Um, and they don't do sponsorships. They just put it out there and it's, they're all kind of on the same platform. I think the Netflix part of it is the platform model, right? They're getting some sort of lift, some sort of boost from a place where you're like, I only watch, and there's people who are like this. I only watch Netflix shows. I don't watch TV. I don't yeah. uh, go to YouTube. I don't watch free content. I don't do Amazon Prime. I just go to Netflix. And I guess that that could be the trouble, but it's hard to say. Like, as an independent podcaster, I just want folks to listen to podcasts because the Netflix of podcasting might be a great gateway to mine or vice versa or, you know, whatever. Um, there, there are folks on the internet who like to spend their money on independent creators through Twitch, through subs, through bits, whatever. And people are going to do that no matter what. Um, and then there's people who have never heard of Twitch and they just watch Netflix. I, I just think it's it isn't going to change much other than helping podcasting or helping um, this whole internet radio thing get into the cultural zeitgeist and become a part of of everyone's way that they consume audio content and we're mixing stuff now here too we're doing like video audio recording later sending it out there's a vod there's twitch live stream we're kind of covering a lot of different bases um that I, i i don't see a podcasting service being the be-all end-all of like, that's where I go for stuff. Cause we're trying to, we're, we're branching out into all these other different places to try and reach audiences that only like to consume content on one of those places. Yeah. I think what folks maybe hear when they, when they think of a company like Castbox or, or Acast or whatever that, where that's like a, a walled garden for the podcasts that they produce and they fund and you have to use their app and they don't have the RSS feeds and, you know, or whatever that you have to use their service to watch it much like Netflix. They think of Netflix the way it was maybe a year or two ago where, um, it was the only, like you had cable TV and then you had Netflix and it was kind of like this, it felt like there was this, these two worlds where it was either going to be stuff was on Netflix and stuff was on cable TV. And those were the two where if cable TV is sort of modern podcasting, you know, and Netflix of two years ago is, is Catbox. And it's not even like, we're not even the cable access channel because we're not looking for <laughs> yeah. a way to put our content out. We are in control of the distribution of our content. Yeah. 
uh, but even there, wherever, they, it's come wherever along, these big companies allow. It's come along now that like so there was there was Netflix, but then Amazon came along, and like there's a, there is maybe a bunch of walled gardens where there's content living in, but you as the the consumer of that have the freedom to go to any and all of them. And, and obviously if each of them charges you 10 bucks a month here and there, that will determine whether you want to go there. But just in the same way, there's still short movies, documentaries being put out on YouTube, et cetera, you know, elsewhere that are not hidden behind those paywalls as it were that are available. I think that's where like you, I'm, I never, I rarely rush out to submit our shows on good stuff to like Spotify, to the, to Castbox, to Acast, just because it does feel like. A lot of them end up sort of just like what seems to, I don't know the full details of what happened with CastBox, but it sounds very similar to where they took the audio. Maybe they didn't redistribute the RSS feed the way they should to let people know where they could subscribe directly. They stripped out HTML from the episode details um, and kind of like made your audio the way they wanted to. And then maybe they're going to tack on with their terms of service. They can tack on some sponsorship ads if they want to that you can be a part of or not, but either way they're going to do it. You know, something like that anyways, it sounds kind of familiar to what Spotify and other services have tried doing with podcasting and podcasting kind of like rejects that idea and, and doesn't want to be a part of that. And so then you can still hold your shows back from those services. Um, there's, yeah. if you Google, like, like I was tweeting the other day, like if I, when I'm trying to find an episode of CodePen radio, when I'm editing and trying to like, they reference a past episode. So I do a search for CodePen radio on blah. There is so many podcast listing services out there that, that I don't even see CodePen Radio's actual site until like the end of first page, maybe the second page on Google because there's so many listing yeah. services out there that they might not be p- walled gardens, but they, that is someone, that version of CodePen Radio or whatever s- podcast you listen to, that is what people, some people think of as that podcast is whatever, you know, some crappy podcast listing site is where they always go to get the latest CodePen radio, even though on the show they say, go to CodePen.io slash whatever. And, you know, um, right. people. It's like, no, I go to Stitcher yeah, or I go exactly. to this RSS aggregator thing that grabs the audio every two weeks or something and just scrapes my website. We've dealt with that with good stuff. And it's like, they could, they could be taking the audio Hosting it themselves, redistributing it with ads on the front, the middle, the back. Like they could just put it wherever they want. I, I guess it's it's sort of up to us to. We can't police that, right? It's just gonna it's gonna be out there no matter what. But it's up it's up to us to try to cultivate listeners that go to those right go to the right places. They go to goodstuff.fm. They go to the show page to support us. They do, you know, rather than going to Stitcher, rather than going to whatever supplementary third-party site that grabbed an old logo from our website or whatever. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. So that's what I think, I mean, buyer beware, I guess, with that, or or producer beware in terms of when you submit your show and make, if you're checking a checkbox, make sure you're aware of what you're checking is all. And, you know, yeah, uh, and generally, if you follow folks like a, I follow someone like a Marco Arment, just mainly because uh, he has opinions that I don't always enjoy, but he has some very good, strong opinions about independent podcasting creators, and yeah. and I think it yeah. just kind of just helps make keep me aware in the loop without having to read all the terms of services on every service of what actually is going on behind the scenes with somebody. Because I mean, like this Castbox company has raised you know twenty some million dollars in funding, so like. They are very incentivized to figure out a way to make money off the content that they're stripping or using or, you know, ingesting. And that's, 
they're they are going to end up doing something to <laughs> like i don't know i don't i still like for all the reasons we listed i have i struggle seeing that some one individual company is going to become the netflix of podcasting in 2018 or 2019 because it's well, just so um so dispersed so yeah i mean it Let's take this to its logical conclusion then. Let's say like a company like uh, Pocket Casts, right? The actual app you use to listen to a podcast. The creators still are the ones in control of the RSS feed. That's fine. But the endpoint at which you're listening to these podcasts now with NPR funding could be using ads to do pre-roll, post-roll on top of your show that you didn't put in, but allows the app to be free it's an audio ad rather than a visual ad that they've put in there is there a difference is that is that actually changing the content of your podcast in a way that you know you you have no control over it's just whether or not someone uses this app or not and i'm not saying that that's going to exist i'm just saying that that's a possibility uh when you've got big money behind that kind of thing and they're trying to keep their uh, operating costs down or at least you know getting getting into the black and not just putting money into a server that isn't giving any return yeah yeah i don't know so, it's an interesting world we'll, we'll see what happens w- with this i i i think the other question um is related to targeting ads and uh tracking and things like that and Instagram TV, I think, is a good example where they're showing drop-off points. I think YouTube does this too. Yeah. But uh, viewer drop-off points where if I could see like most folks, maybe this is also capable through uh, iTunes' new Connect service for podcasts. But if I see most folks are dropping off at 12 minutes on my podcast or 35 minutes or somewhere where it's like, and eh, this is kind of a slog. Uh, and that's where the whatever segment starts. Um, I know maybe I should be making these shows 30 minutes. Maybe that would that would kind of keep things brief and people wouldn't drop off so hard on it. Um, getting those types of statistics are good. They're anonymized data. It's not, not something that I can then go and sell back to advertisers. Um, but grabbing that data based on a profile that you put into your application or something like that it's coming i know that's coming because they they want to be these companies want to be able to sell your ears to advertisers and it's only going to be based on at least now with rss uh, the way that it is without really any tagging or or anything else that you can put onto it uh, like cookies or anything like that for for rss um unless you don't unless you put in the actual stuff for your profile they don't have any idea who you are so i don't know if that'll change in the future it would be kind of interesting um if it helps us sell ads i don't know how i feel about it yeah i know that's like i i replied to something marco had said about uh something along those lines of like basically saying like surely there's some amount of money if some cup like uh cast box or whoever came along to what's his show atp or whatever and mm-hmm. said here's this bucket of money, will you be exclusive with us? Like at some point there's a, a dollar value where he would say yes, despite his, uh, you know, uh, desires to be independent and, and all that kind of stuff. And maybe not, maybe he has higher, <laughs> he has enough money that he doesn't need to worry about that, I guess would be the other side of it. But for the average podcaster who rails against, you know, the walled garden of cast box or whatever, there is a, a dollar amount where if they came along and said, look, you can do your show 
uh, I, I know uh, Andrew Clueless, I think, does a show on, on motoring and, and cars and stuff. Like, you can do your show and it'll be your full-time job. We'll give you your salary plus enough to pay for your mortgage for the next five years. Will you, you know, let it go behind our wall garden? And, and yeah. I, I mean, you, that's what you, YouTube originals are for, right? YouTube throwing money at, yeah. at YouTube creators to say, please, will you, will you do this on our platform just with us? Yeah. And they say, sure. And, and because it's a paycheck, you know, they, they're like, yeah, I'll, I'll do that because you keep changing your terms of service for your ads and I can't rely on that anymore. <laughs> exactly. So I'll, I'll take the, I'll take the guaranteed money of like, getting this this down getting this deal done versus trying to do the piecemealed like small advertisement stuff it, yeah so not sustainable so i guess what we're saying anymore. is that in the to loop all the way back around to the beginning the loop back as it were uh to this episode that hasn't been sponsored by rogue amoeba if, if uh, rogue amoeba came along with a bucket of money and said, yeah can we change it to the, the rogue amoeba good stuff.fm show, show yeah <laughs> here's a here's a check get at us yeah yeah i'm i chris on twitter send me a check <laughs> Yeah, please. <laughs> Very seriously. I w- as much as I do like I like their apps, uh, they tend to um push the push the envelope as it were for for stuff that is capable on Mac and no one else is. It's like you can't you can't beat what they're doing. It's hard not to just focus on what they do and, uh, because there's no one else doing it. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's uh, that's enough for this episode. Speaking of uh, this, the folks probably dropped off ten minutes ago. <laughs> if we could see the stats mm-hmm. on this episode, uh, but you can uh, follow Show Me Your Mic on Twitter S M Y M underscore F M. That one just rolls off the tongue. I need to re- redo that one. I think. But um, Show Me Your Mic, I think, is too long for Twitter. But uh, yeah, you can follow that on Twitter, and then of course, like I said, send in questions for the show using hashtag Ask S M Y M. Uh, good stuff is good stuff F M on Twitter. I'm I Chris Kyle's dog burps. Um, if you need some uh, podcast editing or consulting, I can help you. Lemonproductions.ca slash hire is where you can, if you just want to hire me for an hour or two straight off the bat, you can do that there, or we can work out something for podcast editing on your show, that kind of thing. Kyle, you got some stuff to tell the folks about? To, to hawk? Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll stop being humble um, <laughs> and just tell you to go check out some stuff. You should, first of all, check out the other great shows over at goodstuff.fm because that's where Chris and I podcast uh, with some other shows. Some, uh, I, I think, a little uh, less, oh, what's the word? Not, this isn't bland. This is just very targeted and niche. Um, I think our other shows are a little more accessible and fun. Uh, and there are also some other shows over there that we do not uh, host ourselves that you should go check out. So please, goodstuff.fm. <laughs> I also host shows outside of Good Stuff, uh, namely the Untapped podcast. You can go to podcast.untapped.com and talk about beer, talk about beer news. Um, it's my day job and I got to get to it. So yeah. go check it out and listen. We put out shows weekly on Wednesdays. Yeah. Your, uh, I was going to say your Instagram, is your Instagram public or not? Do you have it locked down? It is. I believe so. Yeah. Instagram. I had a heck of a day yesterday. Kyle Roderick or what is it? Not dog burps. Yes. Yeah. yeah no, it's, it's Kyle Roderick. It's yeah. my actual, it is my, my Christian name. <laughs> you should, uh, yeah. Cause you, you have, despite other, you may have other interests, but if beer interests you at all, and also good photography of beer and food, um, it's worth following. Kyle. I don't know Aww, how you always. Aw, thanks, Chris. Yes, uh, you, you got. I think it's the color of the beer too. You do a great job of like, uh, and and maybe the phone helps the quality of the phone. You're, you're using your phone to take those photos, or what are you using? 
I am. Yeah. yeah. Here, here I am. Here I am on Instagram. Yeah. It's a, it's a nice, nice uh, color palette of viewing, I guess, is what I'm getting at. Plus, it makes you want to try out different beers. So if that's up your alley, then Instagram.com slash Kyle Roderick is where you can follow. We actually do Instagram as well with good stuff. It's, I don't, we're trying to figure out like there's, we have, when we have podcasters all over the place who do things at various times, we could, and they often they have their own show, Instagram accounts or Twitter accounts. It's this weird world of like, hey, why don't you, should we all promote things together? Or should we do our own thing? And so we're kind of all scattered. So anyways, that's a discussion for another show. If you have uh, questions about podcasting, about podcast networks, about anything that you want, uh, uneducated opinions on, feel free to send them in Twitter, hashtag ask, ask, ask SMYM, or just tweet at us or contact at goodstuff.fm is where you can email it. Thanks for listening. Hope you have a great day. Bye. Bye. <laughs>